Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Jamie J. Jamie, thank you for joining us on a frigid night in Richmond, Virginia. I, I wonder how cold it is in Springfield, Missouri. Well, it did warm up today. It got up to about 16, 17, I, I think, for a while. <laughs> Heat wave. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's chilled off a little bit since then, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a while. I grew up in Alaska, so. Oh, yeah, this, you're probably wearing shorts. You got to be used to the cold. No. <laughs> it's freaking cold. <laughs> I thought if you grew that thing that looks like ZZ Top, then maybe you could, you could stay warm. But Jamie, tell our listeners, just give us a little background on who Jamie J is. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, Kevin, thank you so much for having me on uh, the Rising Tide. I love that name. It's well, fantastic. thank you. Appreciate it. I didn't and, come up with it. I, I think I stole it somewhere. So yeah. 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 I didn't come up with the name of mine either. <laughs> uh, it was highly suggested, but uh, yeah. So a little bit of background. My name is Jamie J. I'm, I'm the managing director and founder of a company called Bottleneck Virtual Assistance, where we help stop the bottleneck in your business by outsourcing uh, human capital, highly skilled human capital um, to help companies scale and, and, uh, just leverage their time, which I feel is most important. And I kind of got started in this uh, whole thing um, I, about 13 years ago in 2006. Uh, I sourced my first VAs from the Philippines. Um, I had an advertising agency and I didn't know anything about um, magazines. We published a magazine. I had to figure out how to lay that out and I didn't know anything. And my partner uh, we were in California at the time and he moved from the Philippines and said, Hey, we should do this. And I said, what is that? <laughs> Never heard of it before. And, and, uh, haven't looked back since, uh, I failed several times in, in my life. Uh, but that venture in 2006 was the first time I left the comfort of corporate America. And, uh, I have to, I have to tell you, it was the scariest thing of my, uh, that I did just about, um, in, in my life. Uh, but I am so glad I did. I'm so glad I've stumbled and failed so many times because it's uh, definitely taught me the lessons that I needed to learn. And uh, yeah, I'm a little bit slower than most. So, you know, quite a ride. So you said 2006 is when yes. you made the shift. So that's yes. a number of years ago. So, so take us back to that, that point in, in 2006, who were you working for? Or you don't have to name the company, but I mean, what were you sure. doing and what industry were you in and, and Walk us through the kind of this transition, this aha moment you had. Sure. Um, after leaving the military in 1994, uh, I, I didn't really know what I was doing uh, with my life. And uh, I got out, uh, literally had $384 to my name, um, <laughs> went through a divorce when I first got back. It was just not a good situation. Um, ended up uh, moving to, back to Huntington Beach, California. And I was staying with some friends of mine and one of the, one of my friends said, Hey, you know, you can get a job with me as a waiter. So I went and started waiting tables and uh, started out that way. And uh, it, it, you know, it was, it was okay to start, but then I got an offer from another friend to go work in corporate America. Um, and it was office equipment, selling office equipment. And it was for a company uh, called Pitney Bowes. I was uh, going to say, it has to be Pitney Bowes. <laughs> yeah, it was Pitney Bowes. And I really got into that industry, uh, was, was loving it. Um, suit and tie, you know, and all the fancy stuff. I went on uh, and over the course of the next probably, I don't know, I would say about 10 years. I, uh, or maybe not 10 years, maybe about eight or nine years. I went on and moved the same similar industry, but different companies, Toshiba, yep. 
Kia yeah. Ceramita. Um, and every time I left and went to a new company, I'm thinking grass is greener. Um, sure. Things are going to be great. And, and I'm not saying that corporate America is bad. If, right. if that's your deal, that's your deal. Uh, I have my nickname in corporate America was JT for Jamie time because <laughs> I hated the meetings. It was yeah. very everything, you know, quota, money, how much can you, you know, it was all, the people had the shiny, fancy watches and the fast looking, you know, Corvettes and the cars and all that. And while I think a lot of that is cool, and if that's your game, that's your game, that just wasn't me. Right. And uh, I have one suit now. I donated all my suits to Goodwill. Um, I'm just not a suit and tie person. Um, and then when I left the office equipment environment and, and thankfully that I, I gotta tell you they were my bosses were awesome I learned a ton but it just wasn't me and yeah. so I thought yeah. I need to be creative you know um, I don't ever know if you saw that as a Mark Wahlberg movie and uh, I think Will Ferrell was in it and they were some they were two cops and oh yeah and Mark Wahlberg goes I'm a peacock, man. Let me fly. <laughs> that was me. Exactly. And so I went into radio. And yeah. I thought, man, now I get to be creative. Well, that's oh. why you got this cool studio. You, yeah, right? Hawking <laughs> back to your radio days. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I did that thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so fun. I get to create stuff and just do whatever. And it turned out there was even more red tape in radio mm -hmm. working for, you know, uh, pretty big pretty big companies um, and my hands were tied. Yep. If I wanted to, if I had a great idea. I did this thing. There used to be a show out called pimp my ride mm -hmm. and I had an idea cause I worked for mega 100, which was a kind of a, uh, you know, an oldie station at the time, which is seventies and eighties, which is mm -hmm. kind of funny. But I, I wanted, I thought let's do mega my ride. And what I do is go out and get a bunch of sponsors. We'd go and we'd, find all these people that uh, just had challenging lifestyles. Um, the inner, the winner of this competition, actually, uh, she was beat by her husband. Mm -hmm. uh, she had two kids and we went out, I got all the sponsors to redo her 1967 Mustang. Wow. And I thought, this is so cool. Tried to do another project and the lawyers get involved. And I'm just like, that's it. I'm yep, done. Done. I I got to go and do my own deal. Like, I'm a peacock. Snapped, right? And you thought I'm a peacock. That's right. I'm a peacock. <laughs> I think, I think sometime though, during our interview, you're going to need to do an office pop because you know, that's, that's <laughs> you know, and it, it's a real an thing. Pop, man, they said, of course it's a real, yeah, it's a definitely a real thing. So yeah, oh, there's a, actually a lady at work that I, that, yeah, for, for not this. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to go there. I was going to say, because of lot about by Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, her name is Sheila, and I tease her about that. But uh, yeah, That's for great. different reasons. But uh, anyway, let's let's touch on the <clears throat> the whole idea of shifting into you know walking out the door of of corporate America and starting your own thing. Did you did you what was the first thing you did when you made that transition? Was it the virtual assistant agency, or was it no? As a marketing. Yeah. Um, it, it, I actually went off on my own to start an SEO agency back when SEO wasn't SEO. Really. Right. And uh, something else even maybe at the time. Yeah. I, I was actually, my first client was my corporate company. Oh, sure. So that radio yeah, station. That happens often. Yeah. Um, so I had a really good relationship with 
Um, um, I was, I'm, I'm always been very transparent. Uh, I always let people know sometimes they don't like me to be that honest. And sometimes I need to learn to keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, if I didn't do that at that point, a, a, something was going to happen. Something was going to crack. Um, I had just recently lost my little brother, uh, who, who, uh, was involved in a, um, a motorcycle accident mm -hmm. and I was just a mess and I needed to do something to, to just, I couldn't just be sitting being a machine. There was no way I was right. going to look at I saw people there that were there for 30 years yep. and yep. I, that was not going to be me. Yep. Um, so I did it. I made the leap. It was scary as all get out. Mm. And, uh, thank the Lord. I, I, I did. And I struggled a ton, but mm. Lord almighty, I'm so happy I did. So did you, I mean, so, so many people talk about, you know, making that leap, they're going, okay, I've got to make a certain amount of money because I've got to offset kind of my, my salary from my day job or get close to it or whatever. But I don't hear them talk as often about, you know, how do you minimize your expenses on the other side of that equation too? So, you know, how do you work on both of those? I mean, when you stepped out, did, did you kind of have in your mind or did you just walk out the door? Or did you have in your mind, you know, hey, I know that I can make, you know, a certain amount of money to, because I, I, or I'm just going to reduce my, my outgoing expenses as to the bare minimum. We're going to eat a lot of ramen noodles. We're going to, you know, I'm going to sleep in my car. You know, I'm going to make this work. But, but, uh, so what was kind of in your mindset? Because I think a lot of people that are, that are considering that move, they need to think through these things. And it's good to hear people that have actually made the transition successfully. So what, what was your thought process there? A great question. And if I went back to my 21 year old self right now, I'd slap myself silly uh, <laughs> for doing some of the crazy things I did. Um, it, it, right now, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, not that I regret because I appreciate them as learning experiences now. Um, but, but still, uh, come on, Jamie, what the heck was wrong with you sometimes? Um, I did not do it the way I would do it today. Mm -hmm. um, that is one thing. Uh, I would have I, I, I was good about telling the powers that be what my goals, what my plans were. Um, and they didn't want me to leave. I, I was doing good. I was selling, I was, I was, you know, in Toshiba, I was ranked 27th in the nation out of oh, God, like 18,000. Wow. So I, mean, I was doing great, but it just right. wasn't me. I always had a good relationship and a, and a strong work ethic. However, I kind of just left. I let them know, and I did. I had a couple little things going, but nowhere near. Uh, so my income was definitely going to drop pretty big. Sure. So, so that was good because I was motivated to get out there and hustle. Yeah. And I was younger, so I yeah. had I had that motivation gumption going. Not that I don't today, but I had a lot of energy. And so, <clears throat> I didn't really plan the way I would plan today, mm -hmm. as far as what that transition would look like. Right. I just saw. I was looking down at my feet and saw that next step. I didn't look up the right. I didn't do any of that. Right. Um, thankfully, the relationships that I had, I was able to pull through it. But those next couple of years were pretty challenging. Yep. Um, yep. It, it was really, it was really hard. Um, but you probably you know, learned a ton. Oh, oh my just lord! Kind of the hard knock, the street education you received in the next two years. It was fantastic, and and I'm really big on surrounding myself with people that. Um, I really respect that are doing things way bigger and better than I've ever even dreamt, dreamt of. And thankfully I had a couple really good friends. Yep. Um, yeah. It got low sometimes. I remember one time I had no money. I was living in an apartment um, that eventually I lost because 
uh, it was a real estate based ad agency that we started and the mm -hmm. crash came. Yep. I lost all my clients in three yep. months. Yeah. I was 2008. 100%. It was, yep. it was literally 2009 when I, when I right. lost the apartment, but right. I had to call up a buddy of mine that lived in Modesto. I was in Sacramento at the time and he drove two hours or whatever it was to bring me a bag of groceries so I could eat. It was amazing. Wow. Wow. Um, so those are the type of people that I'm talking right. about. So right. Big shout out to you, Tony Avila. I mean, you, you, thank you. You saved, you saved me. And so it's people like that. The, the people, there's tons of people hanging around me when I'm doing good, mm -hmm. but it's the people when I'm down, those are the, that's the, that's the true yeah. blue. And, and so it was really cool to have that. And that's what kept me moving along. And I vowed um, after that, that I if I ever founded a new business, that number one, I would. I found out the first thing to go when a financial crisis hits is the advertising budgets. The second thing to go is your staff. Mm -hmm. People start letting people go. Yep. So I wanted to cover both of those to be as recession-proof as possible. Right, right. So that's a big reason why bottleneck virtual assistant means so much to me mm -hmm. because I see people out there and, and they thank me all the time for helping them leverage their time and be able to scale in a certain way that's way more cost effective than the traditional means um, you and I and most people are, are familiar. Sure. sure. And I, uh, that's a, that's a great, that's a great uh, segue into my next question is like, so let, let's come to modern day, day-to-day uh, -day operations of, of a virtual assistant agency. I mean, so let's, let's assume we know zero about virtual assistants. So, so, Give me your sales pitch. I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a company, small company. I've got some gaps and, you know, that, that need to be outsourced in some capacity or, or potentially could be. So we hop on an elevator. We're going up 10 floors. You got a minute. Give me your, give me your virtualist. Tell me what a virtual assistant is and how it can help me. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you uh, for the opportunity. So basically what a virtual assistant is, it's, it's, um, uh, assistance in any capacity from administrative to website to graphic design, anything, but they do the work from a remote location. Um, and it's in, in essence, it's kind of like human capital that you can leverage um, so that you can concentrate on the things that really matter. Um, for instance, I love doing these interviews, right? No one else on my team can do these interviews. Um, and I do podcasting too. Right. I love interviewing. I do not like the editing. I don't like the show. <laughs> I don't like the, you know, so all of that gets outsourced. So right. I get, literally spend an hour doing the interview and, and then I send everything to the team and they take the additional three or four hours that's needed for each right. episode to market it and do all that stuff. That in essence is what a virtual assistant can do or help you with. Or heck, if you have a personal assistant, you want to travel, they can book your tickets. Um, I'm looking to change banks. So my personal assistant went and she put on the Excel spree all, she knew exactly what I was looking for, put all the different banks on there. She phoned them, gave me a contact, all of that. I didn't have to worry about it. I have a nice little list. I didn't have to waste my time doing that. Right. I could spend my time talking with you, talking with clients and um, planning for bigger and better things for the company. Now, are the bottleneck virtual assistants, are they all based overseas or some based in the States? I mean, where, where, where's the location? Is it a specific location? Uh, so it's the majority of them, and by majority, I mean like 99% of them will be in the Philippines. Okay. Um, as we've been sourcing over there since 2006. We have an incredible relationship, 
um, the team that we have here of, of 14 are in the Philippines and two are here in the States. Okay. There was a, a podcast that I, that I listened to. Um, I, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, two or three years ago. And, and then I thought, you know, I can do this. I, I, not that I, I'm capable of doing it, but I love them so much and I'm running out of content. So I'm gonna have to create <laughs> some so I can actually listen to more of it. There was a guy named, he was from the, from the UK, Michael Ducker. Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. That's what his name mm -hmm. is. Like youpreneur guy or something. Yeah, like, Chris Ducker. Does he, his, his is a similar model to you, right? There's a, or is his a different type of agency? Cause I know, I know he's based in the Philippines some and in the UK some. So yeah, he has a different model. He goes out and sources, that's it. And then he's done. Okay. What we do here at bottleneck is we are, I will never say we're better than anybody else ever, but I'll say we're different. Mm -hmm. We've learned a lot of things in the past that we've had to change, obviously, you know, sure. correction and all that. But what we do is we go out and source, um, we vet, and we also provide the assistance, but we are like, we're the vendor. Right. So I would contract with you and you would find one, one of your staff in essence would serve as the, as the, the outsourced, you know, exactly of whatever that, that capacity was, but everything would be through you. I wouldn't be doing this on my own. I think there's some safety in that. I think there's some, some security on both sides. I mean, not only, on my side as the as the client but on your side as the service provider that you can you can control training a little better you can control the flow you can control the you know the quality control and those types of things so i, mean, I really like the way that that uh, you've done this is there is there some reason this is kind of a just a, a question of maybe just sheer ignorance but is there a reason that the philippines is the kind of the home of virtual assistants versus say India or Sri Lanka or, you, you know, fill in the blank, Kenya, you know, other English speaking locations. Yeah. So that one of the, I love this question. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Filipino culture. Um, they have big, tre tremendously big hearts. They're very gifted. But one of the main reasons that I continue going back to the Philippines and I've done it in probably six, seven, eight different countries, Germany, Bosnia, um, uh, let me see, Ukraine, Poland, um, UK, Canada, and the US. Um, don't get me wrong, US is amazing. Uh, we're expensive. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, the, the economics are way different between here and the Philippines. Uh, if you look at maybe a, I don't know, a, a, a house for rent for $1,500 here, it's going to cost you uh, $300 a month in the Philippines. Yep. Um, and it's, it's not that, um, oh my gosh, we're running sweatshops. That's not it at right. all. It's right. a difference in the, in the economy. Sure. Here's the thing. Salaries are different too. Yeah. hundred percent. They're yeah. different. Um, but if you, if you look in the Philippines, what I really like about it and what makes bottleneck a little bit different too, is I consider bottleneck a premium service. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is we pay our VAs more than most. Mm -hmm. And we do that because when we source our VAs, um, we source college graduates. And why right. is that? A hundred percent of the universities in the Philippines are taught in English. Yep. All their signs wow. are in English. They have so many different dialects, oftentimes Filipino, um, uh, one dialect for another dialect, they may not understand and they'll converse in English. Right. Um, so it's very prevalent. 
And the other thing is we offer a three-tier vetting, vetting process. The first thing we do is look for speaking, reading, and writing in English. Mm-hmm. More importantly, comprehension. Second thing is tech. Um, they're, they're improving their technology all the time. It is an island. I understand that. They have the slowest internet speeds in the world in the Philippines. I don't but they, know. Mine's been pretty slow tonight. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We've been battling that for our listeners, yeah. <laughs> but but it's 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 really cool. And the third thing is we do disc profiles, mm-hmm. and disc profiles are very powerful ways of finding out someone's strengths and uh, perhaps even more importantly their weaknesses. Right. Um, and one of the things that I struggle with myself, um, and I hate I hate it, but I'm not great at following up, and I'm not great at details. I. I always have so many things going on. I want to do guy. Of course you are. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I went, yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I went and, and I've been blessed to have such an amazing team surround me and that, and they excel, they enjoy, they love the details. They love the research. They love the data. They love the editing. They love the publishing. And that's just not me. So, um, why the Philippines? Because of their passion, because of their speaking capabilities, yep. because of their commitment to um, uh, uh, excellence, and they're very, very motivated. And I don't have to say, "Huh? What'd you say?" Right. All right. the time. Yeah. And you don't. And I mean, they know that uh, you know this is a this is a much sought after position. You know that you're offering. You know with with bottlenecks. So. Um, I mean, they, they certainly have the work ethic and the commitment to, to make it work, you know, because it, it probably is in their context is it's a very good, it's a very stable, you know, employment for them to have, you know, and uh, you're right. The, the times that we worked with, uh, with people in the Philippines, India as well. I mean, just the quality of work, just the, the, uh, the intelligence, the, the, I mean, they speak English better than I do. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, just. Uh, and might be their second, third language, you know, it's, yeah, just, it's just like ESL English as a second language. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's, that is not their mother tongue for sure. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, let's shift right now into a, a, a kind of a, a new thing that we trying, we're trying on rising tide startups. I'm really excited about, about hearing this from you because, uh, in our, in our little pre-chat, you said you were ready to go. So I am, I am anxious to hear this, this time, but, this is a segment that is we, we're calling the Rising Tide Micro Course. So really, it's just a two or three step, just a really short segment, but just really highlight what your service is or somebody that, that wants to hire a VA or somebody that, that wants to use your services, just to kind of give them a little bit of a teaser on what that looks like. And, and you know, you give it a title and you do the points, you've got the floor. Uh, you're, you're the professor for our, our short mini lecture here. So I want to really leave our listeners with value here at the, at the end of our chat here. So take it away, Jamie. Uh, thank you. What a great idea, by the way. <laughs> so one of the biggest concerns or challenges people have, the first thing is knowing whether or not they're even ready to hire a virtual assistant. Mm. Can they afford it? Um, what do I need to do? Um, people don't know what they don't know. Um, and there's a simple solution that is very time consuming, I will say, but a simple solution um, to finding out whether or not you're ready to hire somebody 
And then secondly, how to do it effectively. Right. So the first thing is, how do you know if you're ready? Um, there's a couple signs. Are you running late? Are you working late? Um, do you miss meetings? Do you forget things? Are you canceling uh, family trips? Or are you having to reschedule uh, fun things? Mm-hmm. Uh, going bowling, going to the movies. Um, are you calling to say, um, uh, you know, to your spouse and saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to be home late or you know, whatever it may be. These are all signs that you're working really hard and chances are you're ready for some support from a highly skilled candidate um, that's often referred to as, as human capital so that you can leverage your time more effectively. So how is this done? A great way to prepare for this is what we call, and thank you, Scott Beebe. He is the man from Business on Purpose. Um, he was a big help to me. I'm a huge systems and processes geek. Um, I, I think if you're going to ask me in the future, I think you're going to do this. I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but my, one of my favorite quotes or mantras is do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. Mm. And basically what that means is anything that you do um, and, uh, and you repeat it often, checking your, your email, um, doing anything like that, write down every single step that you do. Start here. This is the very first thing you got to do. And the reason why is because so many people that hire somebody, it doesn't work out. People will come to me all the time and say, hey, I want to hire a rock star. I'm so busy. I don't have time to do it. Just find a rock star for me. And I say, whoa, stop. Whoa, Nelly. Uh, what kind of systems do you have in place for training? With systems, no, I, I want somebody that knows how to do all of this. Well, I can go out and find the best video editor in the entire world, but if I don't have a system and process, a, a set of my expectations, how in the world are they going to be able to perform a job up to my level of expectation? Yes. Yeah. So that's where writing it down is, the workflows, all of that stuff. And we do this through what we call as a delegation roadmap. Step one, in the delegation roadmap, you write down every single task that you do in a given day, everything. Do you take the trash out? Do you make a phone call? Do you check your emails? Do you do social media? Every single task. And what you do is you assign two values to each one of those tasks. The first value is, is this something that gives me energy or does it drain the living daylights out of me? The second thing is, um, okay, now that we know if it gives me energy or not, is this something I must do? Like in this case, you have to host the show. It's your show. Or is this something you can delegate to someone else who can perform that task at least 80% as good as you do? That leads me to step two. What's really nice after you finish that list and spend some time on this, seriously, take an hour, a day, break down, stop, go the next day, another hour, and complete those tasks. Step two is take all of the tasks now that do not give you energy and you can delegate and you plug them into a job roles and responsibility. This does two things for you. Actually, it does three. Primarily for the job roles and responsibility, you're going to feel amazingly organized now. Second thing is you're going to have an idea whether or not this job role can be done by one or more people. The golden goose role, right? Mm-hmm. If you're having a, a writer, they're not going to, you know, that's going to write a blog for you. They cannot build a website for you and vice versa. So that helps you identify what roles and responsibilities you have and you can prioritize against that. The third thing is now you're now prepared to interview somebody mm. and they know exactly what's expected of them. So this is huge. Those are the first two things you can do. And, and it goes on, but you, we, you can go through 
set up a meeting agenda, right? We have templates for all this stuff. So set up a, an agenda and what happens in a meeting? So many meetings in my corporate life went on for an hour and a half, two hours. And what did we get done? Nothing. So be very intentional about the way that you set up your meeting agenda and better yet, the action items. First half of the meeting, what happened this past week? Did we accomplish all of our goals? The ones that we didn't, why not? How do we help each other accomplish these tasks? The second half of the meeting, okay, these are the tasks that are left over from the previous week. Let's focus on getting these done. Plus, these are the things that need to get done. And then get your team or get your assistant involved. Get them motivated and give them the confidence to um, play within the boundaries of a certain job role. So you're not micromanaging them, you're kind of letting them work, but they have certain boundaries. And as long as you can do something like that, those are the first three things I recommend that'll completely let you know whether or not you're ready to hire now or you need to wait a little bit. Most importantly, um, if anybody has ever sold a business and the valuations are high, chances are that not only do they, maybe they have a customer base or not, but they have systems in place. Right. Very easy to hand right. that off. I mean, every McDonald's franchise has a, has a manual, you know, doesn't matter. You go to West coast or East coast. You're getting the big Yeah. Same book. Same book. <laughs> so, so touch on those points again, just the, just the bullet points. First one is a delegation roadmap. Yep. List out all the tasks that you have. And the second thing is a, a job roles and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is prepare your meetings in advance. Right. Now this is this is after, I mean the the meetings that you're talking about are meetings that you're having with your VA, hundred uh, percent to make sure that the work's getting done. So so let let me take a step just just pre-entry in essence. So if I'm if I, I have a company if I even if I'm a solo startup or whatever and I'm coming to you coming to bottleneck, so you and I are going to meet. What's the first thing that that we're going to do? Are you going to start sending or asking me to go through some assessments? and do some inventory, you know, self-inventory, stuff like that. And at what point in time am I contracted with you? You know, you can't work for free. So where does, where does the, it begin? Where does the contract part or, you know, the agreement, the business agreement begin in that process? Thank you. This is fantastic. So someone will figure out, that, hey, I've heard about this VA thing. I'm going to go check it out. And if you Google virtual assistant companies, we show up on the first page, so right. you can go check us out. But there's a lot of other great companies out there. I highly recommend too, by the way, do your homework because there's different companies out there. Like I said, there's better, it's not all about that. It's about differences. And there, our company may not be a good fit for you. If you come work with us, we want to be able to give you a dedicated virtual assistant that's going to grow with your company. So we ask for a minimum of a 20 hour a week commitment. Mm -hmm. Other companies won't do that. You can go project-based. And that's a great way to dip your feet in the water right. um, just to kind of figure out kind of how the, the virtual assistants can help you. Um, so do your homework, first thing. So what they'll do is they'll book a time with us. They'll fill out our form. Uh, they get a link to book a time. And we have what we call is an initial consultation. Uh, this initial consultation is usually scheduled anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. And we just get an idea of what their challenges are, um, what their business is kind of like. We do the research in advance, um, but it's either myself or one of our account managers that will do this consultation. And we just get an idea of where they're at. And hey, is this even a good idea for you? And I will be the first person to let you know that this is probably not a good idea for you at this time. However, here's some resources you can use right. to kind of help get you there. Right. 
So yeah. what we do is we charge a one-time initial uh, sourcing fee, mm -hmm. which is five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And what we'll do for every opportunity, we'll usually get twenty to thirty applicants. And instead of you, again, leveraging your time, instead of you going and interviewing 20 different people, we're going to go through the three-tiered vetting process. Right. We're, we're going to meet with them, and we're going to whittle that down to three candidates for you. Right. And then you'll interview those three candidates. Um, after that, you pick one, and you do what we call a consultation. Uh, 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 confirmation interview mm -hmm. and that confirmation interview the, the three first three interviews by the way are moderated so we make sure that you're informed we send you out resumes disc results of their disc profiles right. things right. like that once you choose you go and you do a confirmation interview and that's just you and the VA and okay. you can take 10 minutes you can take an hour it's up to you we recommend and encourage you to get to know them a little bit better mm -hmm. and then assign a task to them and then give them a deadline. Mm -hmm. And this will let you know, okay, first of all, um, they are doing something that I like it. It's up to my level of expectation. Second thing is they can do what they say they can do. And the third thing is they do it in a timely manner. And then when you're ready to go from there, and this, this process from when the first consultation to the interview takes about seven to 10 days. Okay, are they so, being paid when I give them this initial task? Am I paying no, them by the hour? No, and this is still kind of pre- no. Content. Yeah, and we and we ask to keep it, you know, twenty minutes. Sure, it, sure. You know, if it's a social media post or you write a blog, or so yeah. just keep it, you know, within reason. But you need to get a good idea of, you know, can they do the work that they say they can do? Right. You know, right. um, so once you're done with that, you say, you know what, uh, we're ready. Let's go. So we send you out the agreement. You sign off on the agreement. Our agreements are no long-term contracts. You can cancel any time. Our agreements are basically glorified list of expectations. Mm -hmm. But during like that memorandum of understanding between the two, hundred percent. Yeah. So MOU. Yeah. Exactly. That I mean that that really is a, an effective way. I mean I can see an argument for you wanting a minimum, you know, level of commitment. You know, I want three months or six months or whatever. But if you're thinking about that, I mean, that could also be some, some bad PR for you too. If it's just not a good fit, you know, thinking this guy yeah. feels like he's trapped in a three month contract and it, it didn't work from, from day two, you know, there was something exactly. that have been different. So um, we'll wrap it up just to, so where does this lead? If uh, what's, who's the ideal client that uh, for bottleneck assistance, the ideal client is um, we have sole partners, entrepreneurs that are just stepping into uh, their company is starting to grow. Uh, they're starting to have all these E-Myth revisited, right? Right, exactly. Perfect E-Myth revisited scenario. Um, but also small businesses, 20 employees, 30 employees that are looking to scale or grow. I talked to a business owner today that was merging with a software development company and they, they, they're looking for 17 positions to fill. Wow. So it can be, you know, a plethora of different things. Mm -hmm. it, it offers the entrepreneur, the business owner, the business leader, an opportunity to scale at a highly reduced rate with highly skilled candidates. Right. What a, what a great way to wrap up our, our little micro course. I mean, I love that. I, you know, highly skilled with, uh, with highly skilled can, I mean, to wrap up, you know, outsource tasks or whatever with highly skilled candidates. So what a way to wrap it up. Well, how can people find you online? You can search bottleneck. You can go to bottle, uh, bottleneck.online. Uh, I would encourage somebody. I want to challenge them to see if they're still there. Go to, go to uh, Google uh, uh, virtual assistant companies. Um, we are written up and we are the editor's choice in blogger local. 
so we're really excited about that. We've also been awarded as a top B2B company in Clutch. Out of over 25,000 other companies, we wow. were awarded that. So we're really proud of that. We're proud of our less than 5% attrition rate. And you can just basically Google bottleneck and hopefully uh, we'll pop up pop we're on up social media everywhere. <laughs> Plus, I, I see that you were written up in the Springfield Business Journal. And, and I was. Behind you, yes. So, yeah, yes. It brings yes. back memories. He's Jamie's actually <laughs> currently sitting in my hometown. So I. Hey, all right. Uh, what a, what a, or at least my college town, I'll put it that way. Oh, so, MSU? Yeah, I went to, my wife and I both went to Missouri State. So oh, back when God. it was Southwest Missouri State. Southwest, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for yeah. you. <laughs> Both of us are, yeah, we're, we're proud graduates of, of <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> university. So, well, Jamie, thank you again for your time tonight. It's been a, it's been a, just a pleasure having you on. And I just, I love, and it's, it's been easy to feed off your enthusiasm. I can tell that not only is this a, is this a, a, a way to, you know, gainful employment for you, but man, you're all in, you are, uh, you, you live and breathe this and, and I know that uh, your employees, whether they're here or in the Philippines, certainly would uh, benefit from sitting under that kind of leadership. But uh, thank, thank you for just sharing your wisdom and, and just adding value to our listeners and just playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Jamie, thanks again. Thank you so much.